You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Second Chronicles chapter 22. I want to look at a couple verses here. Now, I, I, I'm not going to preach as long as I normally do because we already had a lot going on here, so I prepared a shorter message. So if you're new to us, instead of a two-hour message, it'll be one today. And, no, I'm just kidding, just joking. We have three baptisms, so there's a lot going on. Tonight, I hope you'll come back. Our missionary, Ricardo Portillo, uh, to Nicaragua, he will be back with us. He was just here a couple weeks ago passing through. He gave a testimony, but he'll be preaching tonight. And uh, so you'll be blessed by that. They're doing some great things down there. The Lord is doing some great things through them in Nicaragua. And so I hope you'll be back to hear that. Second Chronicles 22 in your Bibles. May I just say before we read this text and, and preach briefly this, this morning, I said this in Sunday school, we had a combined Sunday school today, our teams that we have here, we're, we're not, we don't have all of these things so that we can just use you. That's not what it's about. It's, it, we're giving, we, we view it the opposite. We want to give you opportunities to serve the Lord because you find so much more fulfillment and joy when you serve Jesus. We sang today, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. So think, you know, it's, it's not about, we, we don't have that mentality or mindset that we just want to use up people and burn them out like a candle. That is the farthest thing from it. We want to provide opportunities where you can be a part of the local church that makes a difference. Even no matter what ministry you heard about here, every single bit of that makes a difference. It does for eternity. I believe the Lord honors those who serve him. And uh, so I just want to say that before we read this verse. 2 Chronicles chapter 22, look if you would at verse 8, please. It came to pass that when Jehu was executing judgment upon the house of Ahab and found the princes of Judah and the sons of the brethren of Ahaziah that ministered to Ahaziah, he slew them. And he sought Ahaziah, and they caught him, for he was hid in Samaria, and brought him to Jehu. And when they had slain him, they buried him, because, said they, uh, uh, he is the son of Jehoshaphat, who sought the Lord with all his heart. So the house of Ahaziah had no power to keep still the kingdom. I'm not going to give the whole backstory backdrop here. There's just a lot of bloodshed. There's some, there's some people being eradicated. Ahab and his family being eradicated. Kings of Israel, kings of Judah are being just killed. And there's viciousness and there's backstabbing. And there's a lot of ugliness. Verse 10. But when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead... Isaiah was going to be the king. There was a king. When his mom saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal of the house of Judah. What's that saying there? I'll break it down this way. That's saying that grandma killed all the grandchildren. Now, I know that every parent has wanted to probably kill their own children. But grandchildren? I don't think so. But I, you know, I'm not trying to make light of it. What happened there, though, is this lady saw an opportunity to seize power. So her son was ruling and reigning. He was king. He dies, and she goes, you know what? I don't want any of these grandkids taking over the throne. I'll do it. So she eliminates the seed there, the, 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 the lineage. That's pretty heartless. Look at verse 11, though. But Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king... And how many of you ladies are thankful you weren't named Jehoshabeth today? Okay, all right. And took Joash, 
the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons that were, uh, that were slain and put him and his nurse in a bedchamber. So Jehoshabit, the daughter of King Jehoram, the wife of Jehoiada the priest, for she was the sister of Ahaziah, hid him from Athaliah so that she slew him not. And he was with them hid in the house of God six years, and Athaliah reigned over the land. So here is a young lady that sees the bloodshed that's happening. She's related here, and she takes Joash, this young son, and hides him in the church, in the, in the house of God, for six years. Now, that young man was going to eventually become king. That young man was going to have responsibility. That young man was going to assume the throne and was going to rule over some people there, but at the time, he wasn't ready for that. And so this, this young lady, Jehoshaphat, saved his life by hiding him away. We play hide-and-seek quite a bit at our house. It's a, it's a favorite game, it seems like, because it's easy. I can go lay in a room somewhere and wait for my kids to find me. That beats like having to do sports and stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, that sounds very lazy. I was just kidding. Uh, but uh, we used to have a teen activity here called hide-and-seek in the dark. And we would wait in this church building. And uh, you may not think this church building is creepy at all. But be here at midnight by yourself, hiding in a room. It's a little bit creepy, a little bit. And uh, we would do that all the time, hide and seek in the dark. And the first year we did it, I was struggling. This was, you know, 16 years ago. I was trying to find a place to hide, and uh, I didn't have the greatest places. But the next year, I found the place in this building to hide. And for, I think it was like 14 straight years, I was never found. In fact, I died in there. I'm just a ghost today. My body's here. Uh, but no, but I, I found the place, and I kept it such a secret. I'd tell some of the guys because it was big enough for more than one person to hide. And we had rules. You know, you can't be on the roof, can't be outside, can't be in the restrooms. It's kind of cheating, you know, if you go into the women's restroom with your guy or whatever. And, uh, but uh, for, for all those years... I still have not been found. And I'm, that's, that's, a, that's a great source of pride for me because I'm not a small man, okay? And so I take great pride that, hey, I can do it. At home, in fact, we, uh, I, I have pulled out the couch and, and slid behind the couch and laid there uncomfortably till our kids find us. And, and uh, you know, because there's the competitive spirit. I go into the closet and I'll put like, you know, a, a, a robe over me and stand in the closet. I'm trying to do my best. Kelly is so funny, our youngest. She's four years old. And uh, she loves to play hide and seek. She is the most impatient girl ever with hide-and-seek. After about 60 seconds of trying to find her, no, I don't even think it's 60, I think it's 30. Uh, I'll be coming down the hallway, all right, I'm looking for this little girl, I'm going to find her, and I'll hear, yoo-hoo. I'm like, well, that kind of is not the purpose of hide-and-seek here, Cal. I, got, I guess she got uh, sick of me saying, okay, I'm going to find you, and then 45 minutes later, I'm sitting on the couch not finding her. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. But uh, so it's, it's you. She does that kind of stuff all the time. She gets a little impatient with it. And I feel that way too when she's looking for me. I'm like, my back hurts. Come find me. You know, it's an amazing thing playing hide and seek. And I tell you those stories. But and I think most of us in here at some point probably enjoyed it. I think we love it a lot. In fact, I think some of us love playing hide and seek so much that we play it with the Lord. I think some of us love playing hide and seek so much that we play it with God. And instead of, you know, the, the Lord's calling for us, so we're hiding somewhere. I remember, you remember Genesis, the book of Genesis? I got an amen from somebody over here. Hey, the rocks will cry out if no one else praises God. I remember in the book of Genesis, remember God came down to the garden? 
I remember he said, Adam, where are you? What was Adam doing? He was hiding. He was hiding. And now God is seeking him. And I want to talk to you just for a few minutes on that topic. That, oh, well, I'll tell you in just a second. Let's pray. Father, bless, I pray, this message in the brief time we have together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to preach on this topic, hiding in the house of God. Hiding in the house of God. That's where this young man was. That's what it says in verse 12. He was with them, hid in the house of God six years. He had responsibility that he was going to assume. That he, he was going to have to do some things, but it's interesting that no one thought to look, no one thought to look in the house of God for this young man. But can I tell you that that is exactly where God is looking. God is looking in his house. God is looking amongst his people that are hiding in the house of God, that are hiding from responsibility. God is looking for his people that are hiding from their purpose. God's looking for his people that are hiding from the fight of, of getting into the Christian life and living for God. But some people hide from the fight. Some people hide from the responsibility. Some people hide from the purpose of life or the call of God. But there comes a time where you've got to stop hiding. You've got to stop. This young man was going to have to get out of that house of God and assume the throne and, uh, and take over for his grandmother. And it's an interesting story, by the way, you ought to read it. But there was a time where he said, you know what, I've got to stop hiding. It's time to do something. It's time to do something. And I say, hey, I think a lot of people that sit in churches are hiding. A lot of people sitting in church are like, don't call on me for anything. Don't ask me for anything. Don't sign me up for anything. I don't not, I'm not comfortable with the ministry expo even. But you're hiding from something that God is calling you to do. You can't hide from God. It doesn't work. Why? He's omnipresent. He's where you're hiding. I'm going to run away from God. He's there too. You can't run anywhere from God. He's there. God knows where you are. You have to face it. Can I tell you, I know what it's like to hide from God. I'll be very honest with you. I know what it's like to try to hide from God. I remember going to college. I was studying to be a preacher. I'm going to college. I'm extremely shy and backwards, and I don't want to stand up in front of people. I know God's called me to preach. I'm already getting out of my comfort zone. And we had a guy, uh, one of the, uh, like the vice president or something in our, in, our, in our college would come down to the kind of the gathering area where people hung out, and he would say, all right, uh, here's what we need. Uh, we need a, a junior church preacher for tomorrow. Who's it going to be? And we need, I guess, people called in sick or something. I don't know. But uh, they, they would need certain amount of preachers and certain amount of people to work in these classes. I want to tell you, I avoided that man like the plague. When he'd come in, I was like, see you later. It's good night time. And I was, I was walking out. Because he'd walk in, he had this little dry monotone voice. Ah, uh, we need uh, several people. And I'm like, no. And, I, and one time he caught me. He walked in. I turned around. He was there. I was like, oh. And he's like, uh, we need a junior church preacher for tomorrow. And I was like, no. And he said, you'll be the one. I got to tell you, I went and preached that junior church the next day. It was probably... The worst message I've ever preached in my life. He said, Pastor, we've heard some pretty bad ones. I tell you, this one was worse, okay? It was pretty bad. I was hiding. I was hiding. Can I tell you this? Um, I play guitar. It's one of my hobbies. I, I've played guitar since I was probably 14 years old. Growing up, getting into church, going to church there at uh, First Baptist Church in Geneseo, Illinois. You know how many times I played guitar in my church? Never one time. Ever once. People there didn't even know I played. In my youth department, you know how many times I played guitar for a youth activity or something? Not one time. 
went to college for four years to study to serve God full time. You want to know how many times I played in chapel my guitar? Not one time. Not one time. In fact, I was so shy about it and so backwards about it, my family growing up hardly ever heard me play. And my wife, when we met, it was about two years before she even knew I played. After we had met in college. Why? I was hiding. I was hiding under a bushel, you know, hiding that talent. I, don't, I, I was just shy about it. I don't know wh why. It's still hard for me to play guitar in front of people. I have like 13 guitars at my house, but it's still kind of hard for me sometimes to play. And I remember years ago coming back from a, I, I, was, I was speaking up north at a teen rally, and I came back, and I was getting, I was in a car being driven to the airport to fly back to Long Beach. This is probably 12 years ago. And I remember sitting in the car, and I had just preached a message to this group of teenagers that, hey, you need to surrender to serve God. And you need to give God all you've got. And I get in the car, and it was like the spotlight from heaven right on me. And it was like, oh, so you're going to preach it, but you're not going to live it? And I don't like it when God talks to me that way. But it was just like, ah. It felt so bad. And I, was, I was just remember the feeling in that car of, I gifted you with some things, but you're not using it. So I started playing in the youth department. That was hard for me. Worked, I played in church. I'm not saying I'm great or anything, but I was hiding. I know what it is to hide. And can I just tell you, it's miserable. When God is calling you to do something, and you know God wants you to do it, and you're saying, no, 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 it is miserable. Miserable. And some of you know that misery because God's called you and you haven't done it. Some of you know what it's like because maybe in the past God called you and then eventually you did it and you're like, okay, I'm so glad I did. But there's a lot of people hiding, hiding under a bushel. No, I'm going I'm to let it shine as we sing. Three quick thoughts. Number one, can I say this? Where are you hiding? Where are you hiding? What excuse are you hiding behind? Well, they probably have enough people already. They don't need more people serving them. Well, my schedule's pretty full nowadays. I'm, you know, just going to wait for the right opportunity. The, uh, the opportune moment, that's what I'm going to wait for. No, a lot of times we're simply making excuses. And there's not a lot of amens today, so I'm wondering if this is hitting home a little bit today. But I will just keep preaching. Uh, we hide a lot of times. People hide in the house of God. People hide by letting other people do all the work of the ministry. And we see in, in most churches, this is a true statistic, 80% of the people watch as 20% of the people do 80% of the work. They, in other words, it's the short amount of people that do most of the work in churches. I thank God, when I look at our teams, we've got a lot of people involved in a lot of different ministries. And that's a wonderful, that's what the Lord wants, I believe. Where are you hiding? Where are you hiding as others work and we're on the sidelines looking in? Can I say, ask you secondly, what are you hiding? What are you hiding? Ever find out something about somebody that shocks you? When I was in college, <clears throat> there was a girl in the same class as me and my wife. Miss Linda remembers her. We've talked about this. This girl was in our class. I, I, don't, I, I hope this doesn't sound mean. She was, to say she was strange was a kindness. She was odd. And... I remember sitting in class with her one time in English class, and the teacher stopped in the middle of class and said, um, excuse me, and called her name, do you need to go to the bathroom? And the girl was like, 
Uh, she's she, big, thick glass, just kind of like looked around like she didn't know where she was. And she's like, no. And the teacher said, I just find it gross when people pick their nose in my class. So if you need to go wash your hands, I'm in the middle of class. That's horrible. Aren't you thankful I don't call out people in here for picking? I see you. I see you. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I'll never forget this girl, like just, you know, was very strange, very different, and, you know, just kind of went through college. But for four years, we were in the same class with her. We'd be kind, hey, how you doing? And she's aloof, like, what? You know, and this kind of thing. And so we got to our senior year. And I remember it was like a month before graduation, like literally like a month before we graduated and left, four years. And in chapel every day, there's singers, sometimes in a group, sometimes solo. And so, you know, we sing all of our songs. It's all exciting. And then it's time for the special and this girl gets up and walks up the platform, and we're all like, what's going on here? What is, does she know where she is? Is she lost? What is, and we're kind of legitimately like, we're a little worried. And so she comes up to the platform, <clears throat> puts her music down, looks around like this. The music starts, and we're all like, oh, no. If you thought the lighthouse was bad. We, we were ready for this, all right? We were like, this is going to be something. And, and like, there's a part of you, like, you're in college, people, you don't want to see them fail. And you're like, she waited till the last month, and this is going to be rough. And sure enough, she started singing and blew our minds. Amazing. My wife and I were like, what? What? What is going on? How in the world is this even possible? Beautiful voice. No one knew for four and a half years, ladies and gentlemen. You remember that, Miss Linda? Do you remember this? Okay. And, and, and she's up there just voice of an angel. And sure enough, when she got done, she's standing there like this. Here's the microphone. And she finishes the song, and she goes, and walks down. We're like, oh, my soul. That poor girl, she was, she was hiding. But I'm thankful that we found out some talent. Can I say, I know everybody in here. You say, I'm not talented. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Everybody has talent and abilities God gave them. Everybody did. Whether, you know, there's some cooking, serving, uh, singing, building, painting, planting, leading, teaching, playing an instrument. There's so many. And every one of us are gifted. And then when you get saved, God gives you what's called spiritual gifts. God gives you spiritual gifts, and, and, and there's many of those as well. You want to learn, learn more about those? Go to discipleship. It's there. But there's so many things that God has gifted you with. But why did he give you those? Did God give you talent so that you could get on Instagram and gain a bunch of followers? Did God give you abilities so that you could become famous and popular? Or do we find in the scripture where it says that God gave us these abilities and God gave us these spiritual gifts to be used in the local church? That's where it's supposed to be. What are you hiding? What is it that God has gifted you with? Say, well, I don't even know how to find out what I'm gifted with. You find out by getting involved. That's how you find out what you're gifted with. You start serving and get involved. Where are you hiding? Second question, what are you hiding? Last question, why are you hiding? Why are you hiding? Now, the why usually comes down to fear or pressure or insecurity. Maybe there's a fear of crowds. Maybe there's a fear of leading, a fear of public speaking, a fear of rejection, a fear of embarrassment, a fear of failure, a fear of vulnerability. There's a lot of fears. George Adair said, everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. 
Everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. You've got to get over that fear. Fear is going to keep so many blessings away from you. I think, what if I feared too much to ask out my wife in college? What if I feared too much to come to Long Beach and serve here? I would be missing out. There could be pressure. Pressure to use those talents. Pressure to, pressure to, uh, to use those abilities that stretch you. You know, there, there is pressure in ministry. I'll be honest with you. There is pressure. Can I say that there will be pressure on me as soon as the, the evening service finishes? I know I've got at least three to four or five brand new messages to prepare next week. Every week, there's pressure. There's pressure. Uh, everywhere you go, there's pressure. If you're in school, there's pressure. Get your schoolwork done. Papers, graduation. If you're in college, picking a college, picking a major, picking a career, papers, classes, assignments, graduation, there's pressure. When you get to real life and older, finding the right mate, wedding pressures, children, bills, and then there's bills, and then there's bills, and then there's more bills, and there's other pressures in life. You can't let that keep you from serving. can't let that make you hide. What about insecurity? People, well, what will people think of me if I did that? What will they say? They're going to laugh at me if I mess up. Insecurity happens because there's too much of a focus on self. But all of these are not good reasons to hide away. And keep back from serving God as he wants you to. I'm not going to be in there today looking at each day, you know, looking at every person. What did you sign up for? What did you? I'm not doing that. We're simply providing you an opportunity that if some of you have maybe been hiding, hiding from the responsibility, hiding from serving God, hiding from getting involved, using an excuse that maybe today the Lord would just have you say, it's time to stop hiding in the house of God. It's time to come out and assume the responsibility and the purpose that I have for you. That's the thought for today. Mm -hmm.